0: Tumor Talks, a podcast about clinical cases and oncology, and we are your hosts.
1: I'm Dr. Kathy Marshall, a medical oncologist.
0: I'm Dr. Beatrice Wills, a medical oncologist and hematologist. And I'm Dr. Jonah Amata, an internal medicine resident physician. Welcome to Tumor Talks. This is the Tumor Talks Basic Series. Today, our tumor type is kidney cancer. Joining us today is Dr. Yasser Gad. Dr. Gad is an assistant professor of oncology at the Johns Hopkins College of Medicine and is the co-director of the Kidney Cancer Research Program. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Gad, and we are so excited to hear what you have to teach us about kidney cancer.
1: Thank you so much, uh, Jonah, for the invitation, and uh, I'm excited to participate in the tumor talks, and uh, I would be happy to share my expertise and knowledge.
0: Yeah, it is our pleasure. So let's get started. First, can you talk to us about the epidemiology of kidney cancer? Uh,
1: So kidney cancer is um, uh, not an uncommon uh, disease. It um, uh, usually ranks around the sixth uh, most common cancer in men in the United States, and the ninth or tenth in women so it's actually more common in uh, men than women like double the risk in men than women and um, basically usually about 75,000 uh, new people are diagnosed with kidney cancer annually in the United States and it accounts for about 14 000 to 15,000 deaths annually uh, from cancer in the in the United States um and uh, in terms of the age of diagnosis usually we see it in people between the ages of 50s to 70s but sometimes we could see it in people who are much younger, um, especially with some of the hereditary forms of uh, kidney cancer. And also we could see it sometimes in people who are much older than the age of 70, but the usual age um, for the diagnosis of kidney cancer is between 50s and 70s.
0: Interesting. So usually in older men. Um, So how is kidney cancer usually diagnosed, Dr. Gunn?
1: So uh, kidney cancer is, um, uh, uh, when uh, patients are diagnosed with kidney cancer, they present with um, uh, one of three presentations. The most common is um, incidental finding. So patients don't have any symptoms. They get a, a scan, be it an ultrasound or a CT scan or an MRI for a completely different reason. And then um, a kidney mass is detected. Uh, a second group of patients present with what we call it localized symptoms. Uh, and the, the, and those are one of three symptoms. Uh, could be gross hematuria, which is blood in the urine, uh, or a flank pain uh, where the tumor is present in, in the kidney, or a flank mass, and this is usually with uh, very large tumors. A third group of people present with, with what we call it um, systemic symptoms, which are symptoms related to specific hormones uh, that kidney cancer produces. And these symptoms include things such as fatigue, Unexplained weight loss, fevers, night sweats. Sometimes also uh, these could give um, uh, symptoms related to paraneoplastic manifestations like cough, um, hypercalcemia, um, high blood pressure as well. Unexplained high blood pressure, which is also a paraneoplastic manifestation of um, the systemic effect of kidney cancer.
0: Really interesting. So to summarize incidental findings, local symptoms, and systemic symptoms. So, Dr. Gad, say you have a patient in clinic who was referred to you for concern for kidney cancer. What is the initial workup and imaging that you use for diagnosis?
1: So, for uh, kidney cancer diagnosis, when a patient is referred with a a renal mass, and um, the first thing we do is to do a complete staging scans, and um, the preferred staging modality is a CT scan of the chest, abdomen, and pelvis with contrast. And we do this to evaluate for the presence of um, uh, the uh, uh, distant metastasis, whether there is a spread of the cancer to other areas, and also to evaluate how extensive the tumor is in the kidney. And if uh, we see that there is no evidence of stage four disease, meaning that the tumor is only limited to the kidney, then patients uh, are usually seen by our urology colleagues and they undergo surgical resection of the primary tumor. And the surgical resection of the primary tumor will be sufficient to uh, yield uh, the, the pathological diagnosis. So we don't do a biopsy if a patient is um, being referred for nephrectomy. However, if a patient has evidence of stage four disease with a primary tumor in the kidney, and also evidence of metastatic disease, then we proceed with a biopsy to confirm that this is stage four disease and then decide on the next, um, uh, steps on the treatment. There is no role for a, uh, no routine role for um, other staging um, uh, modalities, such as an MRI of the brain or a bone scan, unless if patients have specific symptoms uh, that we suspect, and uh, and then we can arrange for an MRI of the brain or a bone scan.
0: So, Dr. Good, you mentioned about you know, stage four disease. How exactly do we stage um, kidney cancer?
1: So for kidney cancer, there are four stages. And um, stage one means that uh, the tumor is present in the kidney and it's confined to the capsule of the uh to to, to, to within the kidney capsule and did not spread outside the kidney, and the tumors are less than seven centimeters. Stage two means that the tumor is still confined to the kidney and contained within the capsule of the kidney, but it's over seven centimeters. Stage three means that the tumor did spread. Uh, outside the kidney uh, if it's spread outside the kidney to the uh, some of the local lymph nodes around the kidney or to the microscopic blood vessels including the renal vein outside the kidney um, or to um, uh, what we call it the perinephric fat which is the fat outside the kidney or to an area within the kidney called the renal sinus then we call it stage three While stage four means that there is a distant uh, metastatic spread of kidney cancer to other organs. And the organs which kidney cancer usually goes to include the distant lymph nodes, uh, lung. Sometimes it goes to other areas like the liver, the bone, the brain, uh, the pancreas. And potentially any organ can be affected, but the ones I mentioned are the ones that we usually see uh, the spread of kidney cancers.
0: Are there any pathological findings we need to know about or you want to highlight?
1: So for uh, kidney cancer, uh, there are two major uh, pathological subtypes. The common one, we refer to it as clear cell kidney cancer or clear cell renal carcinoma, And this constitutes about 75 to 80% of all the types. And uh, the second group of uh, tumors, we call it non-clear cell renal carcinoma, and it constitutes about 20 to 25 percent of all types, and really it uh, um, it includes multiple subtypes of tumors. So we refer to it as a mixed bag of different cancers. Almost 13 to 14 different subtypes fall within uh, uh, the non-clear cell renal cell carcinoma. So they are much rare tumors. In addition to determining the type of the kidney cancer, we also determine something called the grading of the tumor. And the grading of the tumor is. Um, basically how aggressive the cells behave microscopically. And there are also four grades. Uh, Grade one, two are usually uh, low grade tumors. Grade three and four are high grade tumors. Within the highest grade tumors, which is the grade four, sometimes we see much more aggressive tumors. Uh, We refer to them as sarcomatoid uh, cancer cells and also rhabdoid cancer cells. And those are cancer cells which lost differentiation and became much more aggressive.
0: Is there any molecular testing that you undertake, and are there any biomarkers that are relevant in kidney cancer?
1: So, um, uh, in recent years, uh, there has been significant advances and, uh, in the uh, molecular testing and also the understanding of the molecular biology of uh, kidney cancers. And uh, we're lucky that um, a lot of these tests are now available in the clinic, and we can order it to our patients. Uh, however, the role of these tests is mostly to provide us with small information about the prognosis of the tumors, uh, but it's not uh, really practice changing in a way that does not affect which uh, affect our decisions and which treatments we can, we can offer our patients. But um, the test that we could offer in the clinic includes um, uh, molecular testing looking at what we call it is a next generation sequencing of the tumor and looking at the somatic mutations of the tumor. And then it could, it could provide us with some information about um, the mutations because some mutations are much more aggressive than other mutations. For example, um, there's a mutation called BAP1, BAP1, which is a very aggressive mutation. And that just means that we have to be uh, um, much more aggressive in our approach with kidney cancers. And uh, But uh, the common mutations in kidney cancer are um, uh, in clear cell so kidney cancer is a mutation called VHL. Uh, also known referred to as the von Hippo, uh, Lindo, uh mutation, and this is um, altered in almost all clear cell kidney cancers. And then the second group of mutations in clear cell kidney cancer are what we call the chromatin remodeling mutations, and these include um, PBRM1 mutation, BAB1 mutation, Z 2 mutation, and, and KMD5C KMD, mutation. So the mutations kind of just provide this idea about the aggressiveness of the tumor, but they don't really change our treatment approaches. Recently, there has been some uh, efforts to uh, look into what we call gene expression profiles and gene expression signatures, which also could inform on some treatment uh, options and that some patient may respond better to specific treatment over the other. The other role for molecular testing is in the rare forms of kidney cancers. I mentioned earlier earlier that um, For the rare uh, for the non-clear cell kidney cancer there are about 13 to 14 different subtypes and sometimes we are able to determine those rare forms by by specific molecular tests so sometimes the molecular tests can also help us to diagnose specific rare forms of um, of kidney cancer the other role for molecular testing is in clinical trials there are some clinical trials which are basically um, uh, enroll patients based on the molecular features of the tumors and the uh, patients are qualified to get on a specific trial if they if the tumor shows a specific mutation.
0: Very very interesting. Um, lastly, Doctor Good, are there any other important consultants that you want involved in uh, care of patients with kidney cancer?
1: So, uh, cancer is becoming a multidisciplinary specialty, and um, it's always good practice to involve uh, multiple different specialties in the management mani- of kidney cancer patients. Uh, an important um, uh, specialty is urology. We work closely with the urologist uh, uh, first to um, obviously evaluate the patient for nephrectomy and sometimes even for stage four kidney cancer, sometimes patient undergo cytoreductive nephrectomy, which is basically nephrectomy in the metastatic setting by urology. And to determine this, we, we uh, work closely with urology. In addition, sometimes we work with radiation oncologists. Sometimes patients require a radiation to uh, kidney cancer, so we get radiation oncology involved in the care of patients um, as well. Sometimes we also discuss a lot of the cases with pathology because sometimes um, the pathology may not be straightforward, and we and we, um, we have to kind of discuss it uh, in, in depth with, with pathology. Also, um, a lot of our patients uh, with stage 4 kidney cancer require a lot of support, uh, and especially if the disease is advanced, and we also get palliative care involved early, uh, mostly for symptom control. And also if patients require end-of-life care, then palliative care are also involved. Additionally, uh, uh, immunotherapy is an important treatment for kidney cancer. And uh, sometimes immunotherapy can lead to side effects from kidney cancer. And uh, patient may present with um hepatitis, may present with colitis, may present with pneumonitis, and if this happens, then we talk to the relevant uh, internal medicine uh, um, teams, for example, uh, be it pul- pulmonology, uh, hepatology, uh, gastroenterology, to manage those specific um, side effects if they are really uh, severe.
0: Great. Well, Dr. Gad, thank you again for teaching us today about kidney cancer. You learned so much, and we really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you again for the invitation. I look forward to uh, contributing more uh, to your uh, efforts.
0: So to recap, kidney cancer is the sixth most common cancer in men, with men carrying double the risk compared to women of developing the disease. Age is usually 15 to 70 years old. However, it can also be seen in younger patients in the hereditary forms. Initial presentation and diagnosis is usually through incidental imaging, localized symptoms, or systemic symptoms. Workup includes a staging scan with a CT chest, abdomen, pelvis with contrast. If the disease is localized, we contact urology for a surgical resection for pathology. If there is evidence of METS, we proceed with a biopsy to confirm that it is indeed kidney cancer. There are four stages of kidney cancer based on the spread and extent of the disease. There are also four grades, with sarcomatoid and rhabdoid being the highest grade. There are two main pathological subtypes with 75 to 80% of patients having clear cell renal carcinoma versus 20 to 25% of patients usually have non-clear cell forms which is a mixed bag of different pathological subtypes. Molecular markers are important in a couple things including prognostics to see if patients are eligible for trials and to help diagnose some of the rare types. However, it does not change our treatment approach. Through NGS, we can see the most common mutations, including the von Hippel-Lindau mutation or chromatin remodeling mutations, or the aggressive type, which is BAP1. BAP1. Important consultants include urology, radiation oncology, and relevant specialties for immunotherapy side effects, which can occur. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Tumor Talks, Tumor Basics for Kidney Cancer with Dr. Gad. We appreciate your time and see you again next time. A special thanks to Primo for recording and composing our background music. Tumor Talks is an independent podcast that does not represent the institutional views or opinions of our employers, Johns Hopkins Hospital, Memorial Sloan Kettering, or that of our guests. This podcast is created for medical education and should not be counted as medical advice.